Welcome to Arcade Couch, the best place to chill with your friends and get your gaming goodness every Monday. My name's Dylan Blight, and joining me on the couch this week, Kira Marchant. Hey everyone, it's the Arcade Couch. I don't know where I was going with that. I'm no, just no, gonna... I do. Also <laughs> here, Ashley Hopley. Hi Dylan, excited to be here for Arcade Couch. Wow, that's horrible. Also here, after a nine-month sabbatical, nearly as long as when Kieran played Overwatch full-time, uh, Sheree Shriner. Hello! Um, it wasn't nine months. Not Was you quite. playing Overwatch? It was like six months. No, I was not playing Overwatch. Disappointed. I was playing um, COD. No. <laughs> My favourite game of all time. <laughs> I was about to say, wouldn't it, it would be funny if every time someone <laughs> on the Switch Network disappears, it's just because they're over playing Overwatch. <laughs> Try to go pro, time. man. But now we've got like a we've out. got a bet going on, like an in-network bet, to everybody get six months to try and go pro in Overwatch. That's two failures, Ash. I'm, I'll see you in six months. I'm going to use my six months <laughs> to go pro in Apex Legend. So, oh yeah, that's what I'm going to try and do. Uh, today on the show, we're going to be talking about Valorant a little bit because none of us have played it, but a bunch of people have been streaming it. We're going to talk about the inside Xbox stuff that's happened. Resident Evil 8 leaks. Cooking Mama apparently trying to fucking <laughs> hack your computer or some shit. I don't know. I've got some impressions of Half-Life Alex, and then we're going to be trying to tell you which games you should play when you're stuck at home and there's nothing to do. Uh, that game is not Cooking Mama because you can't no longer buy it. Uh, but let's start with... <laughs> I put up a review for Final Fantasy VII Remake, of course, earlier in the week, where we made sure not to talk about it last week, even though we'd already been playing it, and that was a whole awkward thing that's come and gone. Anyway, review's out now, of course, ExplosionNetwork.com. I gave it an 8 out of 10. I feel like um, I would say my score hit the average. I feel like 8-ish has been the average. There's been some 10s. There's also been like a a 6.5 put out, which I was like, whoa, you're a brave, brave soul. (laughs) Um... Overall, mm. now that I've had like nearly, well, yeah, I've, I've had like a week since I beat it distance, I still feel, you know, pretty strong on, pretty strong on my review, which is that the game is, the, the key thing I think from my review I wrote, which is that it is not a remake, it is a reimagining, and as I think the title, it, it, like it's impossible to talk about without spoilers, but the title, Final Fantasy Remake, makes a lot more context when you finish the game and there's a reason they didn't call it Final Fantasy Remake Part 1 and it all sort of starts, the puzzle pieces start coming together. Um, I can understand why hardcore Final Fantasy 7 fans may not like the game because there's some changes and things they do. I think it's good. Um, the thing I've become more annoyed about the longer I've had away from the game has seemingly become the combat system, especially as I've tried diving into hard mode more because I've thought about trying to go for the plat. I may or may not go back for the plat. I don't know, but <laughs> um, the, uh, discussed it a lot more. I think me and Ash spent like 20 minutes talking about it on the last episode of Platinum Exposure if you want to go hear about it a bit more in depth there. Um, we will presumably also have a spoiler cast coming up. I know me and Ash are definitely going to do it. I'm hopefully going to get Nick on it as well because he is uh, playing the game as well. And I magically found out that apparently he's played the game, the original, like many times through. And I was like, I didn't know that about you, Nick. But here we go. You're like, <laughs> Nick's an enigma. Constantly you find out even, different um, things that surprise even you. Even put a picture on Twitter today, day of recording of him Crisis playing Crisis Core. I was like, my God. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, he was like itching for it. Which is so funny because Crisis Core, slight tangent, I won't spend too long on it. But Crisis <laughs> Core is a game that I bonded with this other kid in high school over because 
so I used to sit in the back of maths class and I used to just play my mm. PSP and the maths teacher was like, I don't give a fuck what you're doing because the, the other people in my class were the rurals and all they would cause is noise and fuss. So they weren't doing the work either. Um, but he was like, I don't give a fuck about you, Dylan, because you're not causing a fuss. You kind of, you're not doing the work, but also you're not like <laughs> annoying anyone else that's actually trying to do the work. And he's like, I, you can continually, he, he let me get away with it as long as I passed every test that came up. So I was like a cool maths teacher and I would pass every maths test. So he just let me play PSP all fucking year. And that's all I did in that class. It was amazing. So I played an entirety of Crisis Core pretty much in maths class. And I got it lent to me by this other emo kid in school. And I, I like pointing out he's the emo kid because he's like the perfect fucking person to be targeted by Crisis Call. And I remember when I beat the game, I came to school, I was like, and I handed back the copy to him. I was like, it's so sad. I spent so long crying. He's like, me too. And he's like, let's go listen to fucking MCR or some shit. <laughs> I think, I think Crisis Call is the best Final Fantasy game that like nobody has played. Like there is a very small, like it's only if you really love Final Fantasy VII and you had a PSP to put up with it that you've played Crisis Core because yeah. it's, uh, it fills in a lot about Final Fantasy VII. And there's a lot of interesting things about Crisis Core that potentially may and might not be relevant for Final Fantasy Remake. By the time you've finished it, however, it's impossible to discuss what those changes and whatever implementation of that game may or may not include without spoilers. Uh, nonetheless, Ash, what's your quick... How are you feeling about it? You're further than we played Plate, of course. You're still liking I'm, it. Yeah, I'm liking it. I'm a little bit further than I was last time. Uh, I got the reference that Dylan made during the episode about a random person who shows up for like two seconds. Yeah. Weirdly. And, and you as um, a new player goes, the fuck is that? And me as a person who's played it goes, ah! But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very out of play. Uh, yeah. It's still good. I, uh, I, I'm like setting aside time. Like I, I want to be in the best frame of mind to play it. Like, Last couple of day, times I come back from work, I'm like tired and stuff. I'm like, no, I don't want to play. And I've got other stuff I need to get done. So it's like oh, a lot of time. There's a couple of days off. I might just try and get through as much of it as possible from there. But yeah, I mean, having a great, really good time. Um, it's it's very emotional. And I think more emotional than I think people who play the original would expect. Because my understanding, a lot of these things have been fleshed out and that kind of thing. No, I, I so, cried in the original as well. But, no, like, but there's it's, certain character <laughs> deaths that I got the impression were probably more fleshed out than they were in the original. Yeah, there's a couple that are more... Without spoilers, the things that happen to them are not in the original and they they make you care more about the little characters in this one Yeah, in a way that the so. first one did not. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about the game's difficulty and combat and stuff when we get to a news story in just a second. So uh, the only other thing I was going to ask was, Kieran, you are planning on playing this when you finish Persona? Yeah, it's just, uh, I'll finish Persona and then I'll move on to Final Fantasy. I don't want to, I guess every, with everything going on at the moment, as I, I kind of alluded to last week, with the whole pandemic, uh, COVID-19 stuff going on, and the potential lack of games coming out in future, I just don't want to, I don't feel the need to rush, where I'm like, once I finish this Persona, I'm already 48 hours into Persona now. Um, as soon as that's finished, I can then move on to Final Fantasy VII and, and, mm. and do that and take my time with that still. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think what what I've heard from or well, what I've read, I haven't had the game or any of the changes spoiled for me at all yet, and I've, I've been very good at avoiding. I think there's been a couple of times I've, I've went to watch Twitch streamers that I normally watch Realized they're playing Final Fantasy VII, and I turned it off immediately because I was like, I don't want. <laughs> yeah. It's I don't want basically any what you want to make sure you don't have spoiled is anything from the last 
couple hours, the ending. Yes. Is- yeah, no, it definitely it's the ending. And, and But that also worries me because it just means there's particular things that I'm just like, please don't say you've touched that. And I can guarantee they've probably touched the things that I'm like, please I, don't say. Let me put it this way. Too. I don't think he could predict what is the ending okay. at all. Okay, that's good. Like, okay, You, you think- could not. You have no idea. <laughs> like, right, okay. It's, all right, it's, fair enough. And I'm so glad... Not to spend too much longer on this because I'm. It's uh, it sometimes it gets annoying to talk about things where you're like I can't talk about thing, but I'm trying to talk about because it spoils. Mm-hmm. But I was saying how annoyed I was because I finished the game obviously, and the reviews went up, and uh, everyone in Australia got it early or whatever else, and I didn't know anyone else who had finished it, and all I wanted to do was like either read people's thoughts on the the ending and, and or talk about it, and I had no one. So finally, like I've seen this week, like IGN had an opinion article up about it, Kotaku had an opinion article up about it. I've seen people do like their own uh, personal opinion pieces about the ending. So I'm just been like gobbling all that shit up and fucking enjoying it. I'm like, finally, people are talking about the ending. But yeah, it's like if you see an article that says something you're like, let's talk about the Final Fantasy VII remake ending, dodge that shit like the plague. Because okay. also, <laughs> also, I feel like having it spoiled out of context may make it w- sound worse than what it yeah. is when okay. you actually get there yourself and have gone through the whole uh, thirty to forty hour journey, depending on how you're you're playing it. Yeah. Yep. Fair enough. Either way. Um. Also, side note, I saw they had play arts figures up today, <laughs> the pre-orders for Arath. I was like, man, if I had the money, fucking, I'd get that Arath figure. I'll tell you, yeah. what. <laughs> you know what blew my mind? Mm. The actress who does the voice acting for Tifa is like mm. the young girl from Glow. Yep. The, one, the, yeah. the daughter of um, Mark Maron's character. Yeah, I didn't want to say that because it's kind of a spoiler. But <laughs> is it? How's that a yeah, spoiler? It's like a, it's like a reveal in the first season. Oh, man, it's, it's not just like season three of Glow. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Well, gamers, are, gamers are slow. They're probably yeah. getting onto Glow now during the pandemic. Man, you yeah. just you've just thrown somebody's Was that a Netflix uh, pinch. It is really? kind of yeah. Even I'm I know so it's not sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so not sorry. Jesus Christ! Anyone who wanted to watch Glow has watched it by now. Let's be real. Um, all right, so <laughs> kind of continuing on Final Fantasy though, but not like outside of the review territory of it. This whole thing's been happening the last 24, 48 hours as of recording that I found quite interesting because Kotaku basically published this piece talking about how, and it was titled Resident, uh, Resident Final Fantasy VII's <laughs> Easy Mode is Too Easy, which straight away it's like, well, that's a fucking headline that's going to get you a lot of cop. But the other interesting thing is this whole thing's come up pretty much 12 months after the whole Sekiro secure, however you want to say it, shit from last year. So I'm like, wow, that's kind of funny. Um, but this time, I'm the, the whole argument's kind of silly because, and I, I, I linked in, and I'll link it in the descriptions for this, that Jewel Shockers wrote this really good editorial piece, I thought, about it, explaining why it's uh, kind of silly to complain about an easy mode being too easy. Because if you switch to easy... You're asking for an easy experience, so then to be like, oh, no, not this easy. It's like, we'll switch back to fucking normal then, my dude. What are you doing? <laughs> um, but the last paragraph from this the Jewel Shockers thing, I kind of think sums it up quite well. They say, I do feel the message trying to be conveyed in the article has been lost, and I don't want to spend t- time trying to speculate fully on what it was outside of. Easy was just too easy for me, quote unquote. What I will say is it's worth remembering that disabled people are having to fight tooth and nail to ensure they can still play video games through difficulty and assist modes. Seeing someone say an easy mode is a joke and describing the very gameplay that someone may need to be able to play the game at all as a button mashing bullshit sends the wrong message and wrongfully may open up the disabled community to more worries about future difficulty modes. 
And as the article, as they also point out in the article, it very much seems like the person writing the article, the Kotaku one, the original one we're talking about here, um, they put down the difficulty because they were struggling on a fight. And also, side note, the fight that I keep talking about, and Jason Schreier pointed out this exact same fight in his piece about Final Fantasy, everyone's complaining this fight's too easy. And I was like, too hard. Not to brag, but did it first try because I'm a pro gamer. What the fuck's wrong with y'all? Um, but everyone's complaining about this fight. And it's like, it seems like this person died a couple times and because they were trying to rush through the game, obviously for like content reasons, to be able to discuss it with everyone else at Kotaku and write about it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They were like, fuck this shit. But then they put it down to easy and easy mode in Final Fantasy. There's only two difficulties when you start the game. Normal and easy, which is called uh, classic mode. And in classic mode, everyone auto attacks for you. So you don't have to do anything. So it kind of turns the game into a pseudo version of the original. Original. So, yeah. As much as you can, given. So all of the characters will just auto attack everyone and do what they need to do. They'll block appropriately. You basically cannot die. And the only thing you need to do is input when you want them to use magic spells or um, any of their abilities. Whereas when you're playing the game on normal mode, you have to press circle to dodge, R1 to block, uh, you have to press square to do your auto attacks, you then have to assign abilities and magic spells to every single one in your party, and it becomes a very convoluted at times, especially during boss fights, uh, mess to keep up with when you're like, oh, there's so much shit going on. The idea of complaining about an easy mode being too easy is stupid. In, uh, th I mean, that's all how my thoughts are on this. I find it quite weird that it's become a, t a think piece, but I've decided to include it on the show anyway. Uh, does anyone else have, actually have any other thoughts on this whole Final Fantasy being too easy? Like, how do you feel about the Sorry. combat in the game? You're playing on normal, you're playing on easy. I, 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 don't I, care. Am, playing, I am playing on normal. There's certain yeah. fights that are more difficult than others. Um, yeah. And I think, obviously, the further along, it's the, the harder it gets and the, as you progress and that kind of thing. Um, I think it's, yeah, I think it's probably the headline that got thrown through it out. I think the article is fine. I mean, it sounds pretty shitty <laughs> overall. Like, you, you went to easy mode for, like, 20 minutes, and you've decided it's too easy based yeah, on that like 20, 20 minutes. What do you want? <laughs> Especially compared... It, I'm sure the scale of difficulty is separate to different in that mode than it is the normal mode. So, of course, at that stage of the game, it's going to be much different than it is. Later. Later, earlier. yeah, yeah. I think way. it's um, I think it's super interesting what developers are doing now with easy modes or easier options for difficulties. I think they're looking they're looking at better methods of doing it now, rather than just making you know enemies hit less or less damage less, and you have less more damage HP. and you have more HP. You've got like Resident Evil 3's adaptive mode, which is their easy mode that gives you an assault rifle from the start of the game. It assists mm -hmm. in your aiming. Um, it will recover your health if you're critical. Um, it adds a lot of features and it, it assists people and helps people play the game and experience things. I think even on the other side of it would be with... Um, uh, playthrough currently of The Last of Us that we're doing over on Platinum Explosion, Dylan and myself, I think it's the first game that I've gone back to and experienced on an easier difficulty just to experience the narrative. And I think I'm having so much fun with the game and I'm loving experiencing the narrative again without some of the heartache of some of the really frustrating areas of combat and difficulty. Um, I think it's it enables people to just love the game because it's so weird that in video games is the only medium 
that has difficulty settings for you to enjoy a story. You don't go to a movie and the movie doesn't go, do you want easy mode, hard mode, medium? Do you want hardcore mode where if you die during the screening, you get kicked out of the cinema? Um, well, yeah, it just, depends on, it just depends on what cinema you go to. <laughs> like, you got a nice one here in Brisbane, you're all good. You got a scary one down in Tasmania. You know, what the fuck? <laughs> You don't you listen. Don't, like, the number of stories you've given of like crazy, crazy experiences. experiences of the cinemas. Yeah, there's only been like a couple, and the main one was that Black Panther one where the guy wanted to kill me. The problem the shush. Yeah, so. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's very it's very interesting that in our media, because there is difficulty settings, people can complain about the lighter easier setting i understand people complaining about a hard mode or like the hardest difficulty in the game being easy i can understand that because people are wanting a challenge and they're choosing that mode to have a challenge but man you you don't like it's like ordering a coffee people do this but being like i want this like warm but not like too warm, too warm. <laughs> not too warm, just right. but also not not too hot. Like I want it just right. And you're never gonna get that mix like perfect for anybody. So it's just weird to complain about such a thing. Yeah, I want it easy, but I don't want it easy enough that I feel like I'm playing on easy. Yeah, I just want to steamroll the game. Yeah, uh, yeah sorry, how I, do you feel about? This? I think like I mean we we've spoken about it on the show before that I think it opens up to a lot of different people who may not normally be able to play those harder, more complex games to be able to go through and also play them. But then also to what Kieran was saying, like to actually enjoy the story and just take your time. Like even you guys were saying, you know, you might come home and you might also just be tired from work or whatever, but you might really want to play that game. So like you might just want to be able to go at your own pace instead of rushing through it or having to go with those really frustrating times and just enjoy yourself. But I think it is, yeah. I mean, other than obviously disabled people, you're opening up to age brackets that may not have experience in those games or, you know, a range of different things. So, I mean, we've spoken about it before about how if you want to play on easy, it's not a sin. (laughs) <laughs> just enjoy the game for what it is and if you want to play it on easy then play it on easy if you want to play it on hardcore then do that too like sh- people shouldn't be judging you for whatever you want to use as your experience for the game hmm. i just think like i yeah it's ridiculous really there's really only two late reasons i make sure to play games on their default settings and that's if i'm reviewing it i want to play it on normal because that's the normal's what the developers decided. It's intended, yeah. Intended absolutely. difficulty. So I want to play it on that. Um, and then also trophies is the other reason I like yeah. playing on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if it wasn't for those two things, and that's why in other occasions where sometimes, like, for example, uh, early in the year, of course, I played Tomb Raider, Rise of Tomb Raider, and I just wanted to get through the game and enjoy the story. I played that shit on easy. I didn't give a fuck. I wasn't reviewing it. I wasn't um, I wasn't trying to get trophies because I was playing it for Game Pass on my PC or whatever. So I just stuck that shit on easy and steamrolled it. And I had a good time that way. So although sometimes I'll play games on normal if I'm reviewing it or whatever. Sometimes I'll play games on hard if I'm trying to get the platinum in them or whatever else. But other times I'm playing on an easy. So I, I feel like more people just need to be open to being like, what do I want out of this? Mm. Like, what experience do I want out of this particular video game right now? And then pick your difficulty uh, based upon that, the, the only and the only time I would say to people that they should be playing on normal is I do believe if you are reviewing a game that I do think playing normal difficulty is kind of where you should 
be. The standard, and, yeah. And, yeah. And if you do drop it down, I feel like that's something that should be then noted in the review, either as Very a negative so. because of a thing or, like, or pointing out the fact that you may not have played the quote-unquote like the experience that the majority of people will play on kind of thing not to like kind of like shame yourself but do point out especially because as kieran said we're playing the last of us and we're both playing this shit on easy right now and i'm finding out there's certain boss fights or uh, like mini boss fights in the game that on normal difficulty difficulty uh, are just removed in easy so it's like if you played that through on last of us through on easy the first time you would be missing a lot of stuff that people the majority of people on normal are playing so that's the only time i think it's super relevant and i think the last time this conversation came up with sekiro at least then it was a lot more nuanced because the conversation was there's no difficulty for this game there aren't for soulsborne games and maybe there should be and because people are like well no it's the way it's intended to be played but then my whole argument at the time in the piece i wrote was well celeste doesn't have a difficulty but it has all the assist options and if you want to turn them all on and make yourself have infinite health and float through the fucking game you can do that or you can just turn on uh, extra live so it makes a tiny bit easier or you know, like you can adju- you can literally just make the game as easy or as hard as you want and Sekiro and those Souls games could do something uh, similar anyway silly argument I don't know complaining about easy being too easy is a fucking weird problem to have um, <laughs> we're about to pass the mic over to Kieran pretty much fully because <laughs> so Valorant right games is uh, Counter-Strike wannabe thing is probably the easiest way to talk about it. of course we talked about it previously when they revealed some stuff a couple weeks ago whenever it was anyway uh the beta is now off a bunch of influencers have got codes and whatever else have been streaming it uh it broke twitch uh records kind of it got 34 hour 34 million hours watched in a single day breaking twitch's record for single day hours watched in a single game category in the process um a lot of this uh, it's easily to assume the numbers are quite heightened because the way you could get yourself a beta code was by watching these streams from influencers and then you could kind of go into draw to get yourself a code so a lot of people were obviously setting up potentially multiple computer and devices they had in their house to get streams going either way they get the the, the win on that one anyway they get the w i only watched like 15 20 minutes i think when i managed to have on the background <laughs> so i was don't lie, what? you were that person with the multiple devices. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I 100% tried to, I emailed, uh, I tr- emailed who I thought were appropriate people to try to get uh, Kieran sadly, a code. There's, and sadly, there's no point for us. It's, yeah, uh, we found it's out there's no service here. <laughs> no service here yet, so, so it was just Europe and America and stuff. Yeah, disappointing. But Kieran said, I asked him I prior to show, he's watched a bunch, it's kind so of been, tell us about it. Since my, um, since the, I think it was Thursday Thursday it went live. Um, since then, it's kind of been my kind of background. just ambient background addiction. noise is just watching uh, addiction. Um, just having a Valent stream on. Is there a particular um, stream that you've constantly come back to, um, like Shroud? Or I watch a bit stream, of no. I like I watch a lot of former or current Overwatch League people. Yeah. Or so um, there's an Australian um, Scott Kennedy or Custer or Seagull as well. Um, of course, just any of them. The people that I already thanks thanks still. Um, <laughs> It doesn't matter though. It's really interesting. I think Riot have smashed this out of the park from a marketing and PR point of view with having the drops integrated into Twitch has done a fantastic thing for streamers. Um, It's made memes a plenty of people being like, hey, I'm here for my key. Where's my key? Mm. Um, But I'm I'm super interested by it. And I think the biggest thing everybody going into this is, is this Riot trying to go up against Overwatch? And no, it's from, Counter-Strike. It's Counter-Strike. It's very it's not Overwatch at all. I think for this, 
Valorant is not a casual gamer's game. Like, Valorant <laughs> is not a game like Overwatch is normally that you can kind of just jump into and mess around with your friends and just... Now, if you're, if you're not playing the game competitively, it's just going to suck. You're just going to get, um, like, just headshot to bits. You're just not going to get to shoot anything. You're going to die instantly. And it's just that's just the, the truth about it, sadly. Um, <laughs> it's a very um, systematic shooter. Like, it is Counter-Strike with abilities like Overwatch. I think it does a really interesting job with its current character set. Um, up until now, there was only eight characters in the game. They added two more characters for the closed beta. Um, and it's it's really interesting. I think Riot's trying to push the envelope a little bit with what they can do with Valorant compared to Counter-Strike, considering there is this characters with abilities um, in the game. Like There's ultimate abilities of characters being able to resurrect people or another one that um, he kind of... like Almost like the new character in Apex. He puts down a little portal he can run off and try, oh, try like and kill something. Or no, no, no. He'll a put, revive like, like, station thing. Like a revive station for himself. Yeah. So he can like put a thing down and then run ahead. And even if he dies, he just comes back to that spot again. Um, it's a very methodical shooter. Like it's not fast paced. The time to kill is very, very high. It takes, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot like Counter-Strike. So I don't think anybody who's comparing it and saying this is going to be replacing Overwatch or it, no. it's not. It's just a different kind of option for that kind of thing. Um, it's a lot more skill-based, mechanical-based shooter. I think Riot's going to have an interesting time balancing this game because um, there's things that they're adding to the game, like characters with robots that will go forward and explode on somebody if it hits them, um, characters that have grenades to spam, and just different things that just aren't a part of uh, Counter-Strike that make the game very different and very uh, and change up the landscape a lot of this kind of shooter. Um, but I think overall, I think it's really interesting. I'm actually, I think it looks a lot better. When it first was, the alpha stuff was released. Of course, it was in alpha, but it still looked kind of, it looked rough around the edges. It's, it's neatened up a lot. They've um, put a lot of effort into the game. I think it's really good. They've got some really good exposure going on Twitch at the moment. It is the most played game on Twitch right now because of the closed beta um, with drops going on and more and more people trying to get drops. So um, I think Riot's done a good job, but it'll be interesting to see how they carry on forward, what support they do for their pro system um, and how they continue to build Valorant. I don't see Valorant being very big on consoles. There's a Just rumor because, it's coming oh. to consoles as well. Though. There's a rumor it's coming to consoles and I could see it doing that. I just don't. I just don't know because counter, like if if we're comparing it to Counter Strike, Counter Strike was partially on consoles. It, it is on. It's not partially. It is on consoles. It did not do well. It yeah. It just it's not the type of arcade. The, the, the only asterisk I would add to this is so League of Legends, base League of Legends or whatever, they're having that console version come to PS4 and. So maybe Xbox as well, I can't even remember. But it like yeah. League of Legends is coming to consoles, right? And when they announced that and we talked about it last year or whenever it was, I automatically am like, I do not understand how you play League of Legends on a controller. And that was like the most elitist I've sound on this fucking show, I think. So like that, that was me sounding like Kieran. I'm like, I don't know how you play this shit without a keyboard now. But if if League of Legends does come to consoles and it plays alright and it draws in a new fan base who that's the first time they try it and they start getting to attach to it the same way I originally got attached to it, which was I enjoyed the characters, Hardcore. I enjoyed the abilities. Stop eating. Stop what? drinking. No, no, no. I, That's I, tearing I, through I, Drawn in by the gameplay <laughs> mechanism, whatever. But then they bring out Valorant as well. 
then all of a sudden you could have actually the, the two could kind of help one another like just uh that sort of thing because that's the other thing valorant has going for it that csgo does not which is that people who uh might be drawn in from league are going to potentially just want to play and explore the game from a law standpoint and be yes. like who are these characters can i learn about them and of course there's a lot of people who don't care about that in any of these games be it overwatch or the fucking apex legends or whatever i never used to care about apex legends lore at all and then i started playing the game more and now i'm watching all these fucking 15 minute cgi videos they released like the last one they released this week was for bloodhound and i'm watching these mini movies and i oh this is interesting I'm learning about bloodhound's history they're fucking cool aren't they so um <laughs> fucking nerd like, yeah, yeah like <laughs> i think ash watched it as well so he can he can yeah, yeah. fucking yeah, nerd <laughs> it was very very well animated it was very well animated i've like, i've recently rewatched all the animated shorts from overwatch yeah i'm sure you have <laughs> i'm pretty sure you say that they're all i'm pretty sure you good. say that pretty regularly so <laughs> i do i do every couple months i'm like man i'll fall down this rabbit hole you should go watch the apex ones because they're, they're so better good. um so uh, the <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, but that that's that's what valorant is going to have over csgo because as i said i only watched like 15 20 minutes i think in the background of this uh over the last couple of days or whatever and i was like yeah it looks exactly like the alpha it's csgo but with abilities but it's 100 percent csgo csgo was the first multiplayer game i ever played on my pc and i think that was like being thrown into a fucking highway without a driver's license and then <laughs> even understanding how a car works but i that was the, literally the first multiplayer game i ever tried to play on pc and ever since then i've discovered that games are easier than that and life doesn't have to be so hard um, <laughs> i will say i will say um riot's done a fantastic job with valorant of learning from csgo of just looking at csgo and learning what are some of the little things about the game like in csgo you would buy items for and then you have to drop them that means yeah. you have to go through you grab you buy the yeah. gun you drop it on the floor you then whatever in valorant you just somebody just asks for an item to be bought for them and you, you just go into it. the ui and click on it yeah. and buy them for them yeah um, that was, i remember seeing that in the alpha gameplay and being like ah they're fixing csgo's problems not that yeah. i watch much csgo uh, like no. once a year i'll watch no. like the grand finals for shits or something but mm -hmm. um <laughs> <laughs> and then have flashbacks to when I was like 14 playing these <laughs> games or something. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's one of those games, right? It's uh, for anybody who's thinking about picking it up or going into it, just be, you know, get used to the sensation of walking around the corner and having your head blown off without really having any chance to react to it. Yeah. Um, I mean, because, I mean, to boil yeah. it down for people who don't understand like what we're talking about, why, like, time to kill is long, why the game's so, like, it's more strategical. It is like CSGO. It is these maze-like maps, small maze-like maps, with tight where corridors, with tight corridors, tight and a lot of the game is scouting, positioning, talking to your team, and then literally, kind of, everyone will kind of die very quickly at some point. Uh, but there may be five minutes prior to that of like they're over there, and then finally <laughs> someone manages to get the headshot, and then either that's it and nothing happens for another several minutes or maybe the headshot leads to headshot 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 and it turns into the end of fucking reservoir dogs but it's not call of duty <laughs> running around it's definitely not overwatch running around um with someone constantly healing you in the background as the, yeah. like a million and one special abilities going off it's not apex legends fucking slide down hill doing 360 no scopes or stuff it is slow methodical um and then everyone dies and then you're like hey round two best of it's best of five or is it best of three? The fucking no, no, no. It's um, it it's one? first to no, no, no. It's like it's like CS:GO. So it's like first just, to uh, like fifteen or something. Okay, first yeah. to seventy-three. Well, fucking go hard. Like 
but like no 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 it goes through to you know you're an attacker and then halfway through the map you switch to, to defenders yeah because it's just bomb it's bomb the the defense yeah yeah you just got to play to bomb if you're an attacker or kill everybody um yeah. yeah it's uh it's gonna be interesting i'm excited to see more from valorant and probably play it at some point when they decide to set up OC, <laughs> uh, service that'd be great yeah that'll be great um, all right, so next story, uh, chuck this one in because I love seeing uh, anyone's ticket to cheaters. So uh, this story comes from Nintendo Life. Last week, news surfaced about an exploit in Pokemon Sword and Shield on Nintendo Switch, which allowed players to disconnect from competitive matches right before their opponent could take out the victory. This also stopped players from losing or gaining points. It seems the Pokemon company has now confirmed all of this and has decided to issue a stern warning to players who abuse this bug, explaining how it will not hesitate to temporarily or permanently ban individuals from online play uh, saying we are able to confirm that a number of players have been disconnecting from the internet to manipulate their win-loss records for online battles and tournaments from now on if we determine that players abuse this bug for their own gain in online battles and tournaments we will not hesitate to temporarily ban or even permanently ban players from accessing online play in pokemon sword and shield so this is great because i feel like in general people have a very different view about how nintendo tackles their competitive aspect of pokemon even though there's a lot of hardcore uh pokemon players out there right and they and pokemon has consistently they do tournaments however it's always they've always been rather lax i feel when it comes to actually uh, maintaining a good competitive um environment but this is the, the kind of opposite of that most other competitive games will have uh inbuilt system where if you dodge a match or leave a match this sort of thing it'll usually give you like a half hour 10 minute half hour something along those lines timeout and it'll keep track of this sort of thing in the background and if you do it too often they will be like well your account you can you're suspended for like 30 days now you know like you do it again all right your account's banned and that's like how league of legends and i'm sure overwatch has a similar thing yeah and very similar whatever else so i'm i'm happy to see pokemon sort of implementing the same thing because i feel like a lot of people are cheesing the system to and it absolutely would ship me up the wall if i was playing online about to win and another person um left it'll fucking give me an absolute shit and the other funny thing is that pokemon go if someone leaves you just win so i'm like how does this game not have yeah. the similar sort of yeah, abilities? so because there was actually something um similar that you could do in pokemon go in battle league which they brought in recently um when they first did it it was similar sort of thing where you could put um aeroplane mode on and cheat through that way um and i mean the system has so many glitches and bugs anyway that they're slowly improving but there was actually something really similar so i actually wonder whether a lot of it's coming through then to the switch and vice versa you know it yeah i i found it interesting that they kind of can it was kind of the same issue that they were having but i mean it's really good that they're actually doing something about it yeah because it is one of those things where sure power goes out you fucking family member drops dead next to you. You got to fucking quit. Like there are, you know, like there are re- reasons why you could accidentally drop out, but you got to have a system in to, to, to counteract these sort of things. So of course I am quite happy to hear that. And yeah, that airplane thing in Pokemon Go, um, people were doing it to me. It was giving me the shits. It would cause your yep. screen to basically, um, just freeze, freeze. Yeah, on the screen. Do, like you you'd be anything. powering up or something and someone would just screw you. And yeah, but the, the thing is too, like that, that, keeps track of your winning winning and losing was like a completely different system than the switch game but it it was still screwing you around and it was just terrible like that oh it's just like it's a mess anyway but it yeah well it was annoying me more so because until the coronavirus kicked in um you used to have to go walk to be able to 
do online battles in Pokemon Go. You don't have to do that now. They're like, hey, you can just battle for free, which makes sense, of course. But at the time, I'd walk around the block, come back, kind of do my fucking battles, and then some <laughs> motherfucker would be freezing yeah. me, and I'm like, why? Oh, yeah, because they're so tedious too. They can be like some people are just painful. Some counters and everything are just painful. So it's just time wasting. Horrible people. Um, all right, Ash, I got a question for you. Yep. Fallout 76 Wastelands update arrives next week alongside the launch trailer. Right, it's pushed back. <laughs> so they write, this is supposed to be the big win. Fallout 76 is finally adding NPCs to its online experience and a brand new quest line with the launch of the free Wastelanders PlayStation 4 update due to arrive next week on Tuesday, 15th of April 2020. I believe it's Wednesday here or something. I don't know. The launch trailer, bruv. You watch it. Um, we'll give you a taste of what to expect from those returning to West Virginia in search of a home. Uh, the Bethesda blog details how a new set of mainline chapters will have you making tough choices and suffering the consequences, while two warring factions aim to make the land their own. Quote, both the settlers and the raiders will present you with unique companions, stories, and plenty of new weapons and armor to earn. Wastelanders will fundamentally change the way you experience Fallout 76. So Ash, we've talked we've <laughs> talked about this a lot, you know. Like this was announced at E3 last year, and then it was like pushed and pushed and pushed, and it was even delayed like an yeah. extra week, uh, only a couple of weeks ago. They were like, "Yeah, we we need one more week." It's finally happening now. There was a period of time where we're like, "Yeah, we'll di- we'll jump back in, we'll jump back in." I'm not sure if I'm going to jump back in. It's currently like <laughs> I don't know, like 30, 70 or something probably. How are you feeling though? Did you watch the trailer? Are you excited? This is what you watched the trailer. Um, yeah, I mean, I've still got it installed like i recently <laughs> went through went through and like i need to delete something i'm like it's there i'm like but you're like mm, i won't the delete. wasteland is <laughs> it, it's coming it's coming well, who knows um as long as there's country roads that can take me home then uh there's hope for i mean it's kind of the perfect time for this to be coming out um, yeah, I guess if they need a second chance, yeah. Yeah, this is their best chance to like relaunch the 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 game because everybody's stuck players. at home, and again, <laughs> yeah, nobody else. Everybody's kind of got nothing to do. I mean, you can order it online, surely for like twelve bucks or something through a secondhand retailer. That seems quite um, high. Yeah, seems very high. It's not Anthem free to was play like yet? nine bucks, so. <laughs> Not yet, but... Uh, Anthem has to go free I mean, play before this shit. Let's be real. Yeah. Anthem Anthem has to pay you before this goes free play. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, so... Yeah, I might check it out. We'll see. Um, I mean, it, it with the inclusion of, like, uh, NPC characters and that kind of thing, it's mm-hmm. more, a bit more of an incentive to go in by itself. And, like, a quote-unquote proper Fallout through. game. Yeah, it, it feels more like a proper... Proper... Fallout game. So. We'll see. Who's we'll see how the week f- pans out. <laughs> Thursday. What a concept. Let's see what happens then. Um, yeah. All right. So during the week, Inside Xbox put on one of their little shows. Um, I was expecting more out of it. Little was, show. Was, it was, yeah. Well, it was it's, little. it's it always was. little, and there wasn't much that came out of it. But we'll run through what there was anyway. Uh, there's a couple of things that I was cool to see, but overall, it was nothing massive. Whereas I probably would have led with it or made it the main topic or something, I guess. But uh, so first thing we got, were, and this is all collected over at Press Start, by the way, I'm reading this from, um, Grounded uh, Grounded is coming to Xbox Game Preview in July, July 28th, and it's also coming to Steam Early Access during that time. In case you don't remember what ground, Grounded is, Grounded is was announced end of last year or something like that, I think. Um, it's coming from Obsidian Games. It was Games. at uh, XO, wasn't it? 
Yeah, I think so. So like October last year or whatever it was, November? Don't even remember. Yeah, now. something but, like that. Um, Obsidian's next game and their first exclusive, kind of exclusive Xbox, or at least exclusive to Xbox console-wise. It's on PC in general though. Um, and it's a... RPG like they make, so first person RPG in Fallout New Vegas, fucking, um, what's that one we all love from last year that I'm mental blanking on the name? Outer Worlds. <laughs> Outer Worlds. Outer thank Worlds. You. Yes, thank you. Not Wild. Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds, right. <laughs> um, and the game, the game is basically Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, because you wake yep. up, you're this child, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> There's ants attacking me. What the hell's going on? What a nightmare this is. So for it's not a comedy. This is some real damn life you, shit. Rick Moranis. Yeah, damn you, Rick Moranis. <laughs> <laughs> come out of retirement for this. Yeah, yeah. well, good. He come out. He's funny. I miss him. Um, so it, it, the gameplay seems to be a combination of like melee combat and doing some objectives for I don't know I'm sure there's like an elder ant that's like come <laughs> to me my child I will save you <laughs> I'll teach you the ways um, and then they at the end of the trailer they weirdly imply there's like all this I don't know it seems like an alien laboratory or some shit underneath yeah. I'm like this is a bit weird but sure um, and but this trailer they released during EXO uh, EXO fucking Inside, Inside Xbox uh, was a story trailer mostly focused on how you can play the game as a single player uh, which is good because the original trailer they released at XO last year basically made the game sound like it was a Rust-ish uh, multiplayer survival type thing, which yeah. I, at the time I was like, I'm kind of intrigued because it's Obsidian, but at the same time I don't really want to play that. Whereas I feel like with this new trailer, I was like, cool, I can play it with other people. That is an aspect to it. However, you can just play it solo and enjoy a story about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids the game basically in bugs so i i think i like this a lot more than the original reveal and i'm kind of more keen on it now than i was uh ash how are you feeling about it i mean more story is is an easier thing to get people stuck into it so get down we'll see how the beta goes yeah uh Karen? much easier to sell it looks really good it looks really good um i'm not sure about a uh first party game having an xbox game preview like it feels kind of weird They've done a few uh, now, though, for different Yeah, I know. Yeah, Bleeding I Edge. Guess. Bleeding Edge, yeah. Bleeding Edge is different. I guess, I don't know, it just doesn't... <laughs> is it, though? Sure. Yeah. Well, it's more multiplayer. And... If if did well, if they if that is still a big part of this game, like multiplayer and survival elements, that maybe mm. the beta preview has got nothing to do with the story. It may not. Fair That's enough. the thing. Like, it may not have a lot of single-player aspects. It may be just can't just go there. into the yard and survive yeah. and live and do what you can. Yeah. Well, up to three friends in co-op multiplayer. Um, Shree, do you like fighting bugs? Yeah, well, I think that it's more like Ant-Man because of the costume sure, and stuff. Sure, Boomer. <laughs> no, is it, like the, is, it, is it like the hit movie Ant-Bully that everybody totally yeah. remembers? Anyway. Not the movie Ants with a Z. Uh, I, Bugs true. Life? <laughs> <laughs> Burn tree gully. <laughs> I I agree though. The trailer is just like, oh yeah, this is like this would be fun to play, blah blah blah. And then at the end, it's like, duh, duh, duh. it's like Fucking something else is coming. It's like yeah. you don't really know how deep this game's gonna go. It was like just the last little bit. So Maybe it could be more complex than grounded. we think. Mm. Maybe. Maybe. Mm. Well, in the original trailer, I remember last year they were talking about. That's what I'm saying. It seemed like more Rust survivalish stuff to mm. it, whereas this trailer made it seem just more like a proper Obsidian game, where it's it's first person, like mostly melee combat, but it's like an RPG, like we make. That's cool. Let's enjoy it. Yeah. So I'm definitely keen to find out more though. 
What about its tagline? Go hard or never Don't go, go home, home never or, go or home whatever or it is. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good, <laughs> I thought it was a good twist on usual sort of stuff. Um, so the next thing, I'm skipping over the next thing, which was Sea of Thieves, because none of us care about Sea of Thieves, I'm no. sorry to say. Kieran was the only person that cared for like 10 minutes. Um, like 10 minutes. I will say, Sea of Thieves is like the gift that keeps on giving for Xbox, because they're like, man, we need to do some kind of conference or inside Xbox right now, well, what have we got? I, I will say, as much as we don't care about it, I, if you look at its like numbers, it spiked in its popularity over like the last six months. After the last big update they did, a lot of people picked it up and they were like, hey, game's actually good now. None of us, though, so there's no point. Um, they then showed a new trailer for The Last Campfire, which was revealed, I think, at the Game Awards or some shit. That's, that's yep. what it was originally mm-hmm. revealed. Um, so it's coming from Hello Games. It's this... Uh, cuties game. Yeah, I was about to say, it's just a <laughs> cuties game where you're... It's, it's like puzzles and exploration and um, probably going to be a sh- couple hours, kind of, I guess, smaller story-based narrative um i remember they showed the first trailer for it and it was all i thought then like why is hello games doing a <laughs> like this uh beautiful story narrative kind thing in the follow-up because that was at the time too where people were still angry about no man's sky this was before was it though i think it was it was, was like after the beyonds it might have been just after then like it was still in a rough sort of period and i was like okay sure whatever but here we go but now everyone's kind of past that, of course. So it's like, okay, this is cool. But either way, I really enjoyed it. It looks like the art style is really, really cute. Um, like the whole design of it and all that sort of stuff. So I'm keen to, to actually play it, I guess. Um, anyone got any other thoughts on The Last Campfire? Yeah, I think it looks really cool. Well, I mean, it's a cuties game. But then it has that like dark edge. So that's the sort of stuff that I really enjoy. And yeah, I, re- I really like the art style. Uh, it feels very familiar. Uh, so I think it'll be quite a nice playthrough, and and it'll mm-hmm. get like I think there'll be like you know complex things along the way, but I think it'll be a very good cuties cuties game with skeletons. With skeleton, <laughs> cute skeletons. <laughs> um, next thing I have on here is Hotline Miami collections coming to Xbox One, but not in Australia. <laughs> so that's exciting. Suck it. Yeah. Um, it's so weird I'm, that that's an announcement, though. Well, because it was in there for America, but <laughs> like obviously it's not coming to. Well, no, but uh, both games are already there. So on Xbox, on Xbox One, they are. aren't they? No, they PS4 exclusive. First one, Steam. First one, I think. Right. The second one was banned in Australia. Yeah, I know. Not, then none of them are here. No, the second one's banned in Australia. Yeah, second one's banned in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. So they can't put out the collection in Australia. Except for that one yeah, time it was I on Switch. Thought- for like a day and yeah. I and the email came through and it was like hey do you want a review code I'm like yes I do <laughs> I don't know <laughs> it seems like such a non-story it's like hey guess what we've done a collection of the Walking Dead games I guess it's yeah I don't know people get excited you could, you could already yeah. buy them all separate so I actually don't know Jeez. if they're on Xbox or not to be honest though I'm not actually sure so Negative Nancy over here. Jesus, Why do you hate? Oh, are you, talking, so are you talking about Ash being a negative Nancy? He's been, <laughs> he's been gone for some time. That's Ashley's role here. On the <laughs> uh, is uh, Captain Negativity? Yeah. Uh, yep. Don't know what you, don't know what you're talking about, Cameron. It's nice to have the radiant sun of positivity back, Cherie, and then there's just Dylan and me in the middle. Like, <laughs> yeah. Eh. Some, no, stuff <laughs> Some stuff sucks. Some stuff sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Some stuff isn't. It's fine. Um, so next thing was Forza Street was announced to finally be coming to iOS and Android this May. Uh, press finally. start. Press start right here. After an incredible pre-registration for Android users, the team behind Forza Street have announced that during, Ansi- 
during Inside Xbox that iOS users are a few weeks away from hitting the blacktop with the game set to arrive on mobile devices uh, at last on May 5th. Turn 10 has promised to reward any first-month adopters with a free Founders Pack welcoming gift. Blah, 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 blah. Um, I don't know. Like, this is... I, you, know, you know how I want to play Forza on my 4K TV. Um, but maybe I, <laughs> maybe, maybe I download it. You know, maybe I download it because I like Forza. But other than that, I, I don't think I'm the audience for a Forza mobile game, personally. You know, it's not, it's not how I want to go about it. Um, Xbox Game Bar is getting some new features. It's basically a tie-in for Gamescaster plus Razer's Cortex so they can be all under the one... Uh, the one thing instead of having to like press different buttons to get them to come up in different sorts of ways. The, the only way this news would affect me majorly is if they said that they were tying in NVIDIA's one that to the Xbox bar as well because I use the Xbox one and I use NVIDIA on my PC. So if they could be under the one thing, that would be great because currently it's like Windows key plus G to bring up the Xbox thing and then it's like Alt-Z to bring up the NVIDIA capture fucking thing or whatever. So I'm going to have both of those under one bar. That would be great. But in general, I'm a fan of the uh, what the work they continue to do with the Xbox game bar on PC. I think it's handy, although it is fun, funny sometimes because I forget it's just always on in the background of my PC. And if I have my screen up and I'm playing a game on my Xbox and I start popping achievements, I'll just start popping up in the right-hand corner of my computer screen as well because that's how <laughs> like it just constantly is on in the background. So that's quite funny. Either way, cool. And then uh, Gears, Gears Tactics got a brand new trailer because that is coming out at the end of the month. That one doesn't have a delay, so that's exciting. Um, Kieran, are you, more, are you, are you pumped for some more Gears? I did or? not realise it was coming out at the end of the month. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Something else to you pumped then, mess around with. But yeah. no, I was, I was excited for this because I'm excited for what this means for the Gears of War story and where it takes place and everything, and I like the look of the characters. Um, the fact that it's a tactics game, sure, cool. Um, it'll be yeah, it's good to jump into and have some something else to do. And Ash, you're still you were pretty you were keen on giving this a go because you like tactics games. Yeah, you? I like tactical games. So uh, yeah, it looks good, looks bloody. You get to play as Kay's dad. I'm sure that has significance to some people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've never I've never heard somebody look at Gears of War or any Gears of War game within the franchise and go. Looks bloody. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I've only played the first twenty minutes. I think of the first one, and I'm pretty sure you chainsaw a dude like two minutes in, and they cut, mm, cut, cut in half. Yeah, so apparently, so like I'm, eviscerating I'm, people is like a big <laughs> power move in massive. the tactics. Game. Imagine playing that. I imagine massive. if I played the first five minutes, I'm like, hmm, this game is bloody. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> this game is a bloody game. That's interesting. Yes. Uh, Put yes. that in their review. Uh, yeah, that's, how thoughtful with me as a video game that's critic. True. That's my. That's why I'm a video game critic hat off for you. This game is quite bloody. Yes. Explosion <laughs> networks. Explosion networks. That's all people it's need our, to know. Uh, Put on the box. Explosion networks. Uh, first back of the box quote. Back it's, box it's, quite it's quite bloody. bloody. <laughs> <laughs> ten out of ten. <laughs> quite bloody. <laughs> Some prim and proper people are like, hmm, this seems to be an outlet for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the type of game that they love. That's how they choose their games. <laughs> Maybe. Um, all right. So moving on, there's been a bunch of Resident Evil Eight rumors over the last week that are apparently pretty much significantly proving to be. Um, truer and truer as more information adds up. So IGN writes, 
First person Resident Evil 8 will release sometime in 2021 for current and next-gen consoles and will feature more, quote, serious departures from the mainline series, according to a new report from Video Game Chronicle. VGC reports that they have verified the information provided by known Resident Evil leaker Dusk Golem on Twitter that said the following information was a massive grain of salt, as previous reports from Dusk Golem on a soft reboot for Silent Hill were later squashed by Konami, which, by the way, everyone was like, oh, these can't be true now because Konami said they're not true. I'm like... (laughs) Who's the fuck's believing what Konami says? Get the fuck out of here. Um, Golem stated on Twitter that Resident Evil 8 was previously a third Resident Evil Res- Res- Revelations game, Jesus Christ, which transitioned, I got it, don't worry, which transitioned to a mainline title after positive feedback and that will feature new mechanics and themes like insanity, hallucinations, occultism, and not being able to trust others. Golem's internal sources appear to be playtesters or Capcom ambassador program members, basically fans who act as playtesters and possibly influencers. Golem also stated that gameplay sequence of Resident Evil 8 has been leaked to him, featuring a sequence where you're in a village with multiple routes, trying to make your way to a castle, being attacked by beast men, zombies in armor with swords, and a witch that laughs a lot. According to VGC, it will again feature Resident Evil 7 protagonist Ethan Winters, Capcom has not commented on the supposed leaks yet, so again, take these statements for, uh, for what they are. Rumors. However, I think this is all adding up because there was already previous rumors about this sort of thing. And also, the, the narrative of Resident Evil kind of working on a side game and then uh, being like, oh, actually, no, let's turn it into a mainline game. That all adds up. And in case you don't know, that's literally what Resident Evil 3 was. And considering the remake just came out, Resident yeah. Evil 3, when they were making it, was like, that was like, oh, it's Resident Evil 2.8. And then they kept working on it to a point, and they're like, oh, fuck it, it's Resident Evil 3 now. So th- this is a very Capcom way of kind of doing things and obviously um the continuation and bringing over ethan from seven that all adds up and also it sounds very much like kind of what they wanted to do in four but they didn't fully commit to it and this is what seems like to be a full committed to it and whereas uh, the last thing i'll say is where seven was kind of playing it's like oh outlast is popular hey or like amnesia is popular hey but in resident evil 7 like kind of treads its feet in those waters by making it first person and playing around with the that sort of style of horror game which is what's popular these days uh it sounds like this game's going to go full like outlast amnesia type thing where obviously the 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 uh, whatever they call it here the, the bar about insanity meter right um at, at amnesia has that where if you get scared too often you will just like start seeing freaky shit around you and then eventually like pass out and that's how you can die in the game and all these other things they sound very much like themes i'd be chasing so it it, it kind of sounds like they're chasing what is popular in horror games these days but at the same time trying to interweave it to uh the resident evil franchise but they've kind of dipped their toes into that already with seven so it, it makes sense kieran how do you Feel about these uh, yeah, you've just echoed a lot of my thoughts. Even just listening to that description, I'm like, oh, so it's becoming Outlast. Yeah. Cool. Okay, sure. It's evolving as... And I think that's what Resident Evil's always been really good at trying to evolve what it is and change what it is and move forward with the times. I think that's what we saw between Resident Evil 3 and then the very critically came Resident Evil 4 um, was that transition into a different, more action-based shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that we've got that, we've got Resident Evil 7 was a su- such a success, um, even with its DLCs doing really well. So I think this game will be a lot more like the start of Resident Evil 7. The start of Resident Evil 7 is a ride um, where you don't really have too much control over the game. You're not really given too much to, to defend yourself with yet. Yeah. Um, so I can see this game becoming a lot more like that. So yeah, it'll be interesting to play through. 
for sure. Um, no one else here cares about Resident Evil. I don't think so. We're good. Actually, does he play Resident Evil? <laughs> That's true. Pax, he did play uh, it for the remake. Yeah. No. Yeah. Hopefully, there's a PAX this year still, and he can play uh, Resident <laughs> yeah. Evil. Yeah. I, I appreciate. I like the look of it, if it's the rumored name is Village. Yeah, with the, the VII. Yeah, that looks interesting. Ash's one thing to add to this is I appreciate how they've worked Roman numerals into the title of the video game structure. That is quite interesting. See, if you work the Roman numerals into the name of it, then people won't come in asking for Grand Theft Auto. V-I-I-I. I-V. Can I have Resident Evil V-I-L-L-I-G-E? You mean Village? No, no, no. That's that's wrong. Um, God, kids are dumbasses. So a weird thing that happened this week was uh, Cookie Mama released and then it promptly kind of disappeared following after. And uh, Screen Rant exclusive. Mom, Cookie Mama Cookstar. Switch eShop controversy explained. Uh, one developer has spoken up about the rumors surrounding Cookie Mama Cookstar. Recently, the game had launched on Nintendo Switch eShop, but was quickly pulled without any explanation, leaving many players who had been anticipating the title feeling confused. Later, rumors began to circulate that Cookie Mama Cookstar was mining cryptocurrency, including allegations that the, running the game would cause people's switches to overheat. Cookie Mama Cookstar would have been the first game in the <laughs> Cookie Mama Cook franchise to appear on Nintendo Switch. Of the last five games, the series been released on Nintendo DS before that and Nintendo Nintendo Wii, the, the, the game has yet to reappear on Nintendo Switch Store. Recently, Screen Rant was contacted by a member of the Cooking Mama Cookstar development team <laughs> who wanted to speak about the current controversy surrounding the game. The developer who wishes to remain anonymous dismissed the rumors of cryptocurrency mining, saying, "That's The statement about cryptocurrency was old buzzwords. The head of Planet Entertainment knows very little about these things. He just put some fancy language to get potential investors who like that stuff. As for the crashes overheating, that w- would be because the game is made in Unity. By many people working on their first games, it's not the best product, but it made it through several vigorous reviews by Nintendo and Sony. There's no way crypto mining stuff could get through these tests. I doubt anyone would even be able to make up such a thing. The developer also revealed the real reason Cooking Mama Cookstar was pulled from Nintendo eShop, eShop, stating, There is a legal battle between the publisher, Planet Entertainment, and the IP holder, Office Create. According to the developer, this is because Planet Entertainment released the game against a request by Office Create to keep polishing the game, or perhaps even cancelling it. There was clearly a lack of communication between the publisher and development team. As our source describes, this kind of behavior is pretty standard. So what happened here apparently is kind of unheard of and really weird um, in that uh, the, pu- the developer wanted to keep publishing the game, uh, uh, working on the game to make it better. The publisher was like, no, nah, we good, and shipped it out. And not just shipped it out digitally, like the game was on s- store shelves to the point that if you managed to buy a copy... Uh, they're selling on eBay now for like hundreds of dollars because it seems like this game is never going to come back at all at this stage. It seems like it's now just going to get uh, stuck in limbo. Uh, so if you own a copy, you're, you're sitting on a, I don't know, sell it now, sell it later. I don't know if it becomes rare if you, if you wait on it. But I don't know in what world. I can't recall ever hearing a story of a game getting released and then within like 24 to 48 hours being not only pulled off the eShop but also off store shelves and then I guess all those copies just gathering dust and not having anything happen with it. It's uh, kind of a weird, I've, <laughs> weird I've, thing. I've never, I've never seen a developer release a statement that 
blames the the engine that they're making the game on and then also blames the inexperience of their own staff. <laughs> like I've never like that's so that's so poor, right? Like Oh, it's the freezing and overheating is because we decided to use Unity as our game engine and uh, our people don't know what they're doing. <laughs> what? I think um at this stage he's like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> Let's just lay it out. <laughs> Dev team sucks. Engine sucks. Fuck this game. <laughs> Everything sucks. Give me my money. I got paid. I'm good. I'm peacing out, homie. See you later. Ash, did you have any thought- thoughts on this random story? I mean, it is super random. I think the most interesting thing to come out of it now is that uh, copies of Cooking Mama that were released physically are like going. Yeah, I said that. They're on eBay for like hundreds of dollars. Yeah. yeah, it is super interesting. That, like, who would think? Who's desperate to get a copy of Quicken Mama that could, like, burn your Switch? I, what? <laughs> no one's playing them. People were just picking them up as soon as this happened and just hoarding them. Like, I know, um... You sure? The temptation's there. It's like, you wouldn't be able to find one now. <laughs> you would not be able to find one now. I guarantee you can't find no. a copy. They're all gone. They're all off the shelf. They're gone for good. So, I'm sorry. So your get rich plan is... Some GameStop manager is taking a box home or an EB Games manager is taking a box home and their kids are like, hey, Dad, what's that? Your college fund. Right here. This is how we're paying for your yeah, university, we're kids. Mama. <laughs> it's the way so to go, man. Good mama. Yeah. So um, weird. <laughs> you're the cooking mama. Sheree, do you have any... <laughs> any <laughs> <problem>? <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's it's funny that... I mean, it's a game that's coming off shelves when we're struggling to get games on shelves right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have never played one. I've played games that are similar. I can't say I was like super like, oh my God, got to play this game. You probably would have liked it. Yeah, I would have liked it. it, Cause I've, (laughs) yeah, I have definitely played games that are similar to it. So I know that it's easily addicted, addictive for me, but, um, yeah, I mean, what can you do? You don't want to cook your switch. So. Gotta just, well, just gotta you know, wait. I do. If it <laughs> no. Tastes good. No. Um, but yeah, just gotta see what happens, I guess. I doubt it'll come back. No, I don't think so. Non cooking mama version. <laughs> no. I, I just wanna hear Dylan say cook, <laughs> mama, mama cook star again. <laughs> Look, it's a fucking word, mama. I don't know why they called it, that's ridiculous. It's a tongue twister. Tongue twister. Yeah. All right, so there's only one game I want to talk about briefly in what I've been playing about what I've been playing this week. I'm about halfway through Half-Life Alex after finally getting around to starting it after being excited for it. Uh, so I can kind of talk a little bit about the game, but I might save more for later. But in general, I just want to talk about the whole process of actually sitting down to uh, the Oculus Quest cable thing and like how that's all going and how that's working for Half-Life Alex because Half-Life Alex is a super um you know everyone's talking about how it's beautiful one of the best looking vr games or whatever else and i guess you could be wondering does it even work with the quest the answer is yes it does work in a quest i'm playing it on the lowest quality setting however even on the lowest quality setting it still looks better than any psvr game so that's you know that's kind of the the line up there i do have to wonder how much better it would look if i was playing it on 
the the best settings, of course. And also, there are sometimes playing it where it's not super obvious. It would work a lot better with the index controls, but you can tell it would be more fun to play with the index controls. Because, like, at the start of the game, for example... Well, quickly, for anyone who doesn't know, I should quickly say, Half-Life Alex is a game set after Half-Life 1, before Half-Life 2, you play as Alex Vance, which is a, uh, a character that takes shows up in Half-Life 2 and becomes, like, uh, one of the main characters, and uh, so does her dad, and she becomes very... Well, her dad's always been a main character. Oh, uh, that's true. All. Yeah, it wasn't the first Yeah, yeah. Um, it's in the first one. Then, um, I can't, I don't know, I was nearly going to spoil, like, how the cliffhanger for Half-Life uh, <laughs> 2 chapter, thing 2 ends, but maybe not. Anyway. Ends with a shitty cliffhanger. Yeah, ends with a shitty cliffhanger. She, she's there. She's one of the last faces you see. Anyway, you're playing as this character. It's the first time you're playing Half-Life as a non-Gordon Freeman uh, character. Right. And it's also the first VR Half-Life game, of course. So it's re- it's interesting. Uh, as I said before, I'm not a major Half-Life fan. I played Half-Life 1. I played Half-Life uh, 2. I've never finished Half-Life uh, 2, Chapter 2, whatever the fuck. I've, I've watched videos about all the plots, though, because I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll just get me up to speed. Because it's also super not rewarding to get into that franchise knowing that it's got a cliffhanger and you're very aware it's a cliffhanger. It's like, why would I even bother getting into this now? But, of course, Half- VR, I'm down, for, I'm down for it. Let's go. So this game... I would say that if you have the ability to play it, you could jump in without having ever played Half-Life because it kind of sets up the world. It doesn't have anything to do with Gordon Freeman. Um, it does enough to hint at and explain the world and the events that's happening around you uh, as you play anyway. So I would oddly say this is as good a Half-Life game to kind of dive into as Half-Life 1 is. Um, it's very much a Half-Life game in that it has the same mixture of gameplay design as all of the originals do in that you spend a lot of time kind of just exploring environments and looking around and seeing what, uh, getting some environmental storytelling, uh, be that just radios from, um, fuck, I'm mental blanking on the enemies' names in this game, but the, the, the alien enemies that are fucking taking over the world, basically. Um, and then uh, you hear they, they radio say stuff from whatever else. You can look at newspapers. Of course, being in VR, you can kind of ex- pick up random objects and check them out and get and get some more environmental storytelling that way. Um, the voice actress that plays Alex is really good. And then also the weird thing that I was worried about playing this is the other main character in the game is um, voiced by... Uh, what's his name? Reese, whatever the fuck. Uh, from Reese Darby. Reese Darby, thank you. Yeah. So, which obviously... Very thick New Zealand accent, and he's not trying to not be New Zealand. He's just straight up how he is in this game, which I remember when they released the trailer, I'm like, surely that's going to be distracting. And the first time he shows up is, uh, he shows up at the start of the game with Alex's dad, and then spoilers for- He shows up and he says, welcome to Jumanji. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. In case you don't know where he's from, he's in those Jumanji movies, the one way to go. Um, So he's at the start and he's friends with Alex's dad. So he's a, he's a scientist as well, and he's like doing some sort of stuff. And the setup for this game is Alex's dad gets kidnapped, and then Alex sets off uh, to helps to find a way to save her dad before he gets transported on a train to a facility where he would be tortured. Um, and you, you go, you're out to save daddy, right? And the person on your ear constantly helping you via comms in to help solve pro- uh, puzzles or point out where enemies may be and all these sorts of things is Reese Darby. So you've constantly got this Kiwi accent in you, which I thought would be distracting, but you get used to him. And also they implement his comedy quite well. Like they give him lots of jokes, which is quite funny. Like he's invented uh, these 
uh, gravity guns that you use in the game, which they implement into also the plot and the gameplay, but also in VR becomes super helpful because it means that like if you pick up ammo in this game because you have to reload manually every single gun in the game so if you reload your pistol you have to put the clip in the bottom and then you have to slide back the the, the top to actually cock it or and all these sorts of things if you use the shotgun you have to load in every single shell and then push down the top and then pull back another thing to load it like it's very and that becomes a big part of the gameplay because then all of a sudden you get these fucking zombies in your face and it becomes way more tense and scary because they're like coming <laughs> for you. And I'm like, just fucking load the gun. Just fucking like load the gun. I want to shoot you. Um, but there's, um, there's parts where he'll make jokes about these grab guns and he's like named them something. And there was a part where I was laughing because Alex is like, oh, cool. Maybe in the future you and me can be partners. And, and he's like, well, maybe in the future if the world gets better, you could buy into my company and like buy some shares. And then maybe if like 10 to 20 years, those shares would turn into profit for you, Alex, and all this stuff. And of course, she's born, been born into this like post-apocalyptic world. She's like, the fuck are you talking about shares and stuff? I have no idea what you're talking about, old man. So that was quite <laughs> funny. Um, so yeah, there is the shooting stuff that Half-Life fans would know. It's all the classic enemies, the zombies, the um, facehugger fucking thingies, uh, whatever they're officially called. Um, and then the facehuggers, yeah, facehuggers. <laughs> and then the the dudes in hazmat suits, which the alien species I can't remember their names for. The the main enemies. And let's and let's be honest, the facehuggers are the hashtag cuties of the Half-Life. Oh yeah, seat. for sure. For sure. <laughs> like, oh, Let man, me tell you like... something. The first time one of those jump on your face in VR, it's not a pleasant experience. <laughs> <laughs> at all like it's straight away i'm like get off fuck you um and the, the combat's good because and i, I think I, I tweeted out like how the game is more scary than it ever has been and that's because they give you like only at times you'll have like three four enemies to take on but even that can become a lot when you have to manually load all these guns and like switch them and ammo the ammo is quite scarce and whatever else but what does become cool is that when you face the human, quote-unquote, human versions of enemies in this game, you can use these grave guns to pull ammo clips off their belts if you run out of ammo. And you can, like, just pull them towards you and, like, load into your gun and then quickly cock it and, like, fucking begin shooting them. So there's some cool action scenes. There's puzzles as well, which Half-Life is known for, of course. And then there's uh, several so far I've had one major like action set piece which is probably one of the bigger action things i've ever played in vr which is making me wonder how big they're going to get further in the game but there's this one big thing happening i'm like well this is fucking quite intense for vr um so that's cool my, my one negative that's not a negative for the game but simply for how i'm having to play it at the moment is that i definitely feel like the game is designed to be played in a big room you've got time to fully immerse yourself into uh ducking behind cover yourself moving around a bit more so if you the bigger lounge room you have to play this in if you have the option to that's definitely the way to play it you can go into options and change it and say, tell the game you're playing sitting in the chair which is how i'm playing it and then you can click one of the analog sticks in and out to kind of crouch like you would in a normal video game but even then you don't get behind cover properly like in a normal video game it's still very much is like you're supposed to be ducking and weaving uh, properly and i just can't do that with this because of the the tethered to the cord and there's not enough space in this room um but either way the, i'm having a lot of fun with the game looking forward to finishing it but i'm also been quite impressed with how well the uh oculus link cables held up now for the entire time i've been playing this considering the program's still in beta like it tells you every time like this is still in beta you may run into problems blah 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 all this sort of stuff and i'm like i haven't had any problems so far with it and, 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 and if there's anything major i'm not noticing it because i'm used to i guess not as good looking games if there's any 
sort of graphical hiccups that I've been running into. I brought I brought the frames per second counter up on my PC to counter, and I think I was getting in somewhere between like seventy to eighty most of the time. And I, I know in VR you kind of want to hit around one twenty to be kind of perfect at all points, but like it's it definitely wasn't dropping to a point where it would become too low that it makes you feel super sick in general by playing it. Um, although I did feel sick one time playing it after said massive action sequence, but I think that's because it's been a while since I've played a intense uh, VR game that I'm not used to expecting what to come. Like I can dive into Beat Saber any day of the week. I know how that game rolls. You know, there's, uh, It's not going <laughs> to surprise me by suddenly making me jump off a cliff or, or something like that. <laughs> so I am enjoying Half-Life Alex and um, Oculus Quest link cable and all that sort of thing has worked and I'm, I'm glad that's a thing or else I wouldn't be able to play the game. So that is exciting. That's cool. Man, I'm jealous. <laughs> I wish I could play Half-Life Alex. I've watched the start of it. It's so cool. How long did you watch it? How long did you watch that? Um, not very far into it. Like after she got the, after they were doing the tutorial for the gloves and stuff, oh, right, I think yeah, I yeah. stopped. And So not very far, but just like, I love the stuff with VR just because of how more interactive it is. Just the little stuff like with, um, in the opening section, you can for like Alex has like a bug inside a uh, inside like a little jar. Yeah, I picked. I was, and you can <laughs> and you can feed that and stuff. Yeah, like you I can, played with it for a couple of minutes. I was like, yeah. So there's mean? lots to do. Or you know, there's the on Twitter. Everybody's seen probably the there's like uh, markers or pens you can actually draw on stuff and draw dicks and draw mustaches on people while they're talking on the camera and stuff. And it's actually like really cool how it like how well the markers work and everything so um yeah it's really it's really interesting how far they've gone god damn it valve of course you would you would do this with half-life and make this amazing vr game and be like yeah we can probably do half-life 3 well i'm i haven't looked up spoilers but i keep seeing people online be like i see articles titled something like what what the end of half-life alex means for the future of the half-life franchise i'm like can I just hurry up and beat the game so I can find out if they're, like, <laughs> what the hell is being teased here and what that means? Because I don't know if there's something at the end that potentially teases something more in the future. I don't know, but I'm definitely having fun with it. And also, I gotta say, like the game, literally the way the game starts, nearly gave me a fucking heart attack because it literally just starts with Alex sitting on this balcony, uh, like overwatching the the city, and then one of those giant fucking robot things, things just comes up, yeah. and you can watch that in video and be like, yeah, that's cool, like whatever. But when you just boot up the game, you're like, oh, like, pretty VR world. Next second, you just hear like, <laughs> like this. It's so fucking loud the, the noise it makes, and then it just appears massively over your head, like it's War of the Worlds type shit happening. I'm just like, my fucking god, get the hell out of my life. <laughs> like, it's so big. It's just giant spider type thing. Get the hell out of here. Anyway, come back to Half-Life Alex when I finish it, I reckon, in a couple weeks. Well, maybe, hopefully by next week. All right, main, main topic. Um, there wasn't... Didn't decide to stick a news piece this time. I just decided we'll see what we could come up for this because it seems obviously thematic at the moment. What are the best games to play with friends during the lockdown period that we're currently in? Any genre, any style, of course. Although, I may, I may have to put... I was going to say asterisks and be like, oh, they have to be online only. But I guess you could be like, oh, local, it feels stuck inside with... Uh, Someone we else. use that Steam crappy, yeah, Steam, uh, um, Steam online, couch, whatever the fuck it's couch called. link or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. that thing. Um, I'll let you go. Remote play. 
What do you reckon, Karen? If people are stuck inside, they want to play with friends during this horrible period, what, what are you suggesting? Man, do the old-fashioned boot up a Minecraft server. <laughs> like somebody, like, just get your Minecraft server on. Just get everybody in there. Just chill and build stuff and just jump. It's like Minecraft is something I go back to every now and then and maybe spend a weekend just building random stuff and mining to my heart's content. Um, it's something, it's a really good social game. It's relaxing. It's chill. You could all just be sat in like a Discord chat or a party chat and just talking and just shooting the shit and just chilling out and just working through whatever you feel like, being creative. Um, you could work through a whole bunch of mods. You could find a new mod set. I was just reading that there's somebody's made a new, uh, I think there's it's some kind of Harry Potter mod where they've made a full Harry Potter RPG inside of uh, Minecraft that you can play through. Oh, thank God, because Warner um, Brothers doesn't seem to be releasing that one. That yeah, they Warner leaked. Brothers <laughs> doesn't want to. So, yeah. you know, there's the, the Minecraft one there. Um, other than that, I just think it, whatever you and your friends bond over. So for me, I'm back into Overwatch, not as compassionately or as passionately as I previously was. Hey, I've put 48 hours into Persona 5 in two weeks. Thank you very much. Not as competitively. Not as competitively. Thank you. I say compassionately. Uh, Competitively as I was. But just to jump in and have that social aspect again of hanging out with people and just chilling out and talking. Um, Whatever game that might be, that might be your Fortnite, your Apex Legends, um, your Battlezone. Like, play, play something that Chill, chill out, and just you know, hang out with your friends, and just is Battlezone Warzone? Shoot some stuff. Is that what you mean? Warzone, that's okay. the one. What did I think of? What did? What was the old? You're just thinking of Battleborn. Warzone. You're just thinking of Battleborn. Don't play Battle Battle Royale. Whatever yeah, yeah. you do, <laughs> going yeah. for the genre. Whatever you do, don't play Battleborn because you won't find, find anyone to play with. You won't find, <laughs> any find anybody to play with. You Are the servers still live or is that gone? I think it's dead um, now, right? That was the thing. I think that was the thing. Actually, the, the only other one I'll mention that I, I did play this the other weekend, um, Epic Store at the moment on PC, World War Z is free. Uh, or it was. It was free. It's um, gone now. But. It was. It's gone now. Oh, that's bad luck, everybody. But it's, a, <laughs> it's really fun. It's like Left 4 Dead. But in, it's just as good. So I was like, cool. Something interesting just to jump into a play. On a side note on that, everyone, please be aware that Epic Games gives away a free game like every fucking week and you should make sure to keep it up. My Epic Games library is just like packed with games that I'm never going to play, but I keep redeeming them. I keep redeeming them. <laughs> you know, Got to be on top of it. Ash, what do, what do, what, what do you suggest? What do you want to play? Minesweeper? Yeah, Minesweeper is pretty great. <laughs> Solitaire. <laughs> Solitaire. Very, very good co-op games. I mean, obviously, Apex Legends, I think, is one that I've jumped into a lot to, with different people, that kind of thing. I think, obviously, any of the Lego games, I feel like that's a surefire success for a group of people to be playing. So, yeah, any type of those fun co-op games. So, I, I just was searching through a bunch of lists before, and I think a good one to bring up is probably uh, A Way Out, uh, which you and mm. uh, Dylan and Kieran played through last year, I think. Or a year that was before, like two years like ago. It was two oh, years ago. Yeah, I think. two years ago. That was a hell of an experience. And, uh, you know, you only have to buy one copy. You can share it with the. <laughs> hmm? I think that would still a thing. Yeah, it's still a thing. I assume it would be. <laughs> yeah. Fuck the Oscars. Yeah. That's the game. That's the game. That's the game. That's, no, no, you just said that <laughs> randomly. <laughs> uh, Shrey, do you have any? I mean. One of, my fa- one of my favorite fun games is obviously Overcooked 2. So that's 
that's a really good one if you want to get frustrated with your friends. Yeah, um, we're talking about get bringing friends together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not kicking so, them out. Yeah, thank um, God this quarantine's going, otherwise I'd strangle you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. Okay. Um, <laughs> this escalated quickly. Um, I really like there's a um, couch co-op game called Chariot, and that's a really fun game. We work together through... Uh, it's like it's a platformer um we work together to go through these levels but you really have to work as a team or else you're screwed you're kind of like you're dragging along your dead dad who's the king and um you kind of you have to grapple his coffin and you have to get his coffin through the levels you have to grapple his what coffin (laughs) it's on wheels it's like it's the chariot and you have to grapple it through the levels up you know, through all these maze parts and some of them are really difficult, but you have to really work as a team. So that's a really good couch co-op one that I So you have to get him into the hearse. Is that the... No, you have to get him through the level. You get... There's goals that you have to reach throughout the game. Yeah, but why... What's at the end of the level? Just the end of the level. (laughs) (laughs) You have to collect gems. Okay. You have to collect gems along the way. <laughs> My goodness. I thought, I, thought like some bigger, I thought there'd be like a bigger payoff, like <laughs> some sort of visual gag at the well, end. Well, you no. collect different tools and stuff that you use along the way. But look, do you even play games? Do you even know how they work? No. Get to the end of the level. That's part of how games work. <laughs> but you do collect gems and other items. <laughs> That's my favorite. So, What's well, at the end of the level? I think what I'm trying to say is what is the narrative point of the game? Like, what is the payoff for the end of the game of dragging your father's coffin through these levels? Well, it's like you're getting him to live through the life that he didn't get to. Is he living through the life that he didn't get to? So you're taking him to Wendy's drive-thru, you're taking him to fucking dine out. You no, know, you're not taking, taking him to go just... watch Endgame in the cinemas. That's <laughs> <laughs> All the stuff he missed out on. Anyway, it's a great game. I'd recommend that. I Well, I guess like my two recommendations are kind of frustrating games, but they're a lot of fun. And I mean, like there's plenty of Switch games. <laughs> There's plenty of Switch games at the moment that are really good. So you should get on those as well. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. Um, my, <laughs> my suggestion is not something that I... Uh, is anything that I've touched recently. However, if I was in a scenario where I was stuck at home and I was looking for a way to, to chill with people, similar to Kieran's Minecraft thing, is I would either be looking into jumping into like Final Fantasy Online or fucking... Elder Scrolls Online, or one or the other, solely because you could just go around and spend a lot of time just doing Play an MMO. Now's yeah. the time to jump into, commit yourself to a giant MMO. Yeah, because I feel like, <laughs> I feel like compare, if you want to compare like an MMO to something like The Division, or even like Destiny or some shit like that, you can kind of just team up with a bunch of people in, in any sort of MMO and do more meandering, sort of bullshitty type things where you can just be shit talking at the same time, similar to Minecraft, I guess. Whereas if you're playing any of these other sort of games, it's more like you're on the edge, like you're trying to win more. Like, you know, you're playing Apex, you know, you're not like, oh, you know, it's yeah. like you want to talk tactics a bit more, not just be constantly bullshitting. Whereas MMOs are kind of more open to bullshitting pretty consistently. Um, unless you're doing a raid, I guess. At which point you just yell, really, Roy Jenkins into the microphone and you know. Get on with your day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Get on with that day. I feel like it's a cop out to say fucking um 
Animal Crossing as well, but I feel like yes, that's obviously everyone's one. Everyone's already doing it. I think, but I think that's still that's. I think Animal Crossing, even though I'm like, my God, I know so much about Animal Crossing, even though I haven't even touched the game. I think Animal Crossing is fantastic. Do I know? do. I know way more than I should without Yeah, because it's all game. over Twitter. There's million and one. It's all over Twitter. I know all about the different fruits. I know about catching the tarantulas. I know lots and lots about uh, freaking catching uh, cold water bass or cod or something <laughs> because Girlfriend girlfriend Reviews made a parody video about why it's so terrible. <laughs> um like there's just, I think it's bringing people together and it's giving people something to do and to, to hang out with. Even if you can't be social in person, you can go visit islands and chill out with people. And, and like do. cuties. I mean, well, my, yeah, I guess. here's a little bit of a spoiler, <laughs> which I might talk more about next week because I haven't had a lot of time to delve into Animal Crossing. See, every other <laughs> nerd on the planet mostly is out there playing games on their time off. I've, got tiny human to take care of so um not getting a lot of time for gaming but i did call my island cuties cove so if anyone wants to visit me that's (laughs) where that's where it's at (laughs) yeah i appreciate the uh that animal crossing has brought the importance of turnips back into the world i don't think turnips were ever an important no i don't think i've ever had a turnip no turnips i don't (laughs) I haven't to be had important. a turban either, so yeah. Well, Dylan, just, Dylan was just excited because I've got apples and he's got oranges. Man, neither of you got peaches? Sucks to be you guys. <laughs> no, but it means I can take my oranges to her island and sell them for mm. more. Mm. Hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> can I just mention my favourite news story so far this week? Yeah. Uh, apparently the game Animal Crossing has been banned or pulled from shelves in China. Like, you can't buy it anywhere. Because uh, Hong Kong protesters have been re- doing virtual protests yeah. in the game. <laughs> my God, I had this. I had this in my short list of news stories, and I didn't include it because I'm like, I don't know what else I have to say other than, of course, <laughs> it's funny. It's great. They got like pictures of like the mayor of Hong Kong, and they're like using the nets to smack it on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and then it must be like on the sand or whatever because they just rub it out. So yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> I was going to say that the other <laughs> random thing for Animal Crossing this week's update is that I've now got to the stage where I found a YouTube channel where this guy, like, he'll p- get people to be like, hey, if you want me to come visit your island, tell me and I'll make a video. And all he does is make these sorts of videos where he'll go visit people's islands and then he just does tours of them and will, like <laughs> be like, oh, look at this, check it out. And they all have to be, like, highly, you know, like well-made yeah. islands not just random joe schmo like me over here with barely and stuff set up but no. these people have like massive and he'll go into the house and be like oh my god i love the way they've got the kitchen set up where did you get this like all this sort of stuff it's kind of crazy and i'm like i watched it's, a lot of animal them. crossing cribs oh uh, yeah yeah 100 <laughs> animal crossing cribs. and they're like oh i love how i got the setup and all this over here and all this sort of stuff i'm like man this is this is crazy, but I'm really enjoying watching this i'm well down the animal crossing uh well hole over here but animal crossing it seems like the copy out answer, but at the same time, it seems to be people's <laughs> go-to answer for the game yeah. that's probably getting happy. played the most. Yeah, and it's f- so and funny because like- there's nothing you really do in the game together. Like, it, it, there's no objective. Like, I'll oh, come here and we'll take on this boss or some shit. It's literally just like, hey, come to my island. Let's pre- pretend to have a tea party together. <laughs> that's <laughs> not- a tea party, or let's go fishing together, yeah. or let's you know do bits and pieces. Or, um. I will say as well, this is completely 
apart, this is probably counted to the topic. Mm. Also, right now a great time to play those uh, RPGs that you just don't have time for any other time. Mm. Yeah, if you've got no it's friends. Well, even if you've got no friends, but I'm balancing Overwatch and being social with being social in Persona 5 Royal. Like, it's wow. just like, you yeah. know, there, there are like up co-op RPGs, you know, like the, um, what's it called? What's the... Oh, yeah, that one. I had a, got yeah. it. Oh, yeah. That one. Yes, you Which got him, Chiri. Like, uh, yes. Take Diablo, it, actually. Yes. Diablo 3 and uh, that's kind of like mm-hmm. an RPG. Um, <laughs> Divinity, that's the one I was thinking of. <laughs> the what? Divinity's pretty good. Oh, Divinity. Yeah, okay. Divinity. Right. Original sin. Uh, good job, Ash. That was great. Appreciate also, it. Also, I want to sh- might mention two games from the early history of Explosion Network. Uh, Friday the 13th and yeah. Payday 2. I think those are good. I watched, I watched somebody play Final Fantasy recently and I was like, man, that game's fun. Is it still alive? Like, it's still alive. You can still play it. They haven't added anything to the game. The game's still janky as fuck, but. Yeah, still, it would still we, work because you know, one person serves as the server, doesn't it? So, I mean, it's still technically. Yeah, that was always still, a problem, you know, though. Like, <laughs> classic, <laughs> yeah. I classic. mean, if you can set up a private match, I assume now they've set that. But, and it's a good opportunity to make memories, you know, your classic Explosion Network <laughs> moments of. Uh, Dylan, was it Dylan or was it you? No, it was Dylan betraying Nick. Dylan pretending to be a normal person. No, when no really Nick pretending no. to be a normal. Oh person. no, Nick! It was Nick. Nick sorry, pretending. He's like, oh, they're coming towards you. Whatever. I'm like, where are you? What the fuck? And then Nick's standing at the door with Jason. And then there's that clip. <laughs> I, that's I can't why, believe Jason's here already. Yeah, I'm like, I can't believe Jason's here already. And then you hear Nick go, oh no, that's terrible. And then there's that part where I, I cut out the clip where you can see my brain kind of put everything together. And I'm like, oh. You're Jason. <laughs> classic. Hashtag classic no, uh, Ian um, history. That's a classic Ian. And then also, uh, for future, even though the beta was like last weekend or weekend before, uh, Apex, not Apex, so the uh, Predator. Predator yeah, hunting that's grounds. That's out in a week and a half, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. that's also another one of those games to jump into and play. That's the game that you can play. Yep, you are correct. You can. You can play that game. Mm. We are you not, can play. We're not yeah. sure if we'll suggest it just yet, but... um, we, We're not going to suggest it as you know, but if you want to be on the ground floor where you got time, you really start building things up, just jump into it straight away. <laughs> you know, Dylan suggested it. You heard it here first. All right. That's not what I said. But okay. <laughs> um, moving on. All right, let's wrap up the show. That's moving on. That, that's, that, that's what we're doing right now. You can find all of us on Twitter by heading to explosionnetwork.com slash Twitter. That's where you'll find all of our Twitters. This week's question of the show is going to be, what game is the best game to play while you're in fucking isolation? Let us know on the Twitter. With other people. Or What? With other people. With other people. All by yourself. Jeez, let's not discriminate against people without friends once again. Ash. Well, Jesus. it's more based on, based on the original <laughs> main topic of the show. Yeah, but we're, we're no longer discriminating against people without friends, right? Some some people don't have friends. Look, if you find yourself right now that you're having to play single player games because you've got nobody to uh, play games with, reflect on this during this time. Are you a shit person? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Wow, is this- there a reason why? <laughs> is there a reason why you have no friends? This went down. Fix it after the pandemic. <laughs> this went down a dark and terrible hole. Okay, then. Uh, yeah, let us know if you're okay with everything that said this episode by emailing mail at explosionnetwork.com with the subject line RK Couch, and we will see you here next week. Same time, same couch. Boy. No, none of us are shit people because we're all friends. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> hey, don't forget you can subscribe to the show wherever you're currently listening and you can drop a review if you can
Find more great shows like this and more content over at ExposureNetwork.com. And please consider supporting us for as little as a dollar over on our Ko-fi page by heading to ExplosionNetwork.com slash support. Thanks for listening.